Hey guys, it's Alex Blaze, and you're listening to Ladies of Vintage. I actually experienced Art Block for one of the first times ever in the past past couple weeks, and it's really an odd experience. I don't I don't think I could even put it into words. I've been trying to figure out how I want to talk about it because it's just, I mean, it's it's day to day life as an artist, but it's. It feels like it's a huge part of your life because art turns into such a huge part of your life that when you can't do it all of a sudden, it it's crippling. And so I've been kind of struggling with that a little bit. I started wanting to really pursue gouache. Gouache? Gouache. I never know how to pronounce it. I think everyone pronounces it differently. But I've always, I really wanted to to be able to paint well with it. Because when I see people's paintings, they look beautiful. Their gouache paintings are insane and wonderful and just so magical. And they have this certain look that's that's like, I want to learn that. But there's not a lot of resources online for this medium. And so I, I really struggled with how to pursue that. And so I just started painting with it. And it was really nice. But I felt like everything I, I produced was just awful it was I was just I I felt ashamed of it and I felt insecure to post it I felt I felt like it wasn't even something that I wanted to make and then put in my drawer privately like it was just it just felt like it had no inspiration and no no nothing it didn't like light a spark even though I love the look of it and so I think part of it is because I don't know if I'm using the medium wrong or if I really need to use a different mindset when it comes to this medium. Maybe I need to find different resources of how to learn it instead of just trying to sit down and use it. But then I just put that, I put gouache away. I put gouache away. I just decided that I was done. I put it in a drawer and just kind of moved on. But I started painting in watercolor and that's been fantastic because I love watercolors and I felt like I've become myself again, but at the same time, I'm still not reaching a goal that I want to reach. So I really want to talk to you guys about this. If you want to, you can send me a message on Instagram or send me an email because I'm really curious about how you guys have dealt with art block or how you guys have dealt with feeling discouraged about a medium. And if you ever, if you know of any resources or have it or have any gouache tips, let me know. I'm really open to learning. And it's actually really nice because this week's guest is Laura Johnston. And she and I sat and talked about our block for a few minutes. And so you'll hear that right at the beginning of our conversation. So take a listen to that. And I really want to hear your feedback this week. So get in touch. You can find me on Instagram at Alexandra Draws. And now on to our conversation with Laura Johnston. Laura, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. So I always like to start off with you telling us a bit about yourself. Uh, Where are you from and what do you love about where you live? Well, I'm originally from North Carolina and I grew up there, but I moved to California almost three years ago and I love it so much being in close proximity to so many amazing things. Uh, 
up in the city. And even I'm in the South Bay area in San Jose, just south of San Francisco. And there's so much diversity here. And I really appreciate that. That's really cool. Do you Mm -hmm. live near a beach or is that not near? Yeah, that's the other thing. We're pretty close to the beach. Mm -hmm. And also there are mountains everywhere. That's one of my favorite things, honestly. I'll be riding my bike or driving around and there's mountains in every direction that I look and I love to be surrounded by mountains in the distance that's awesome yeah I live close to Portland and it's such a cool area to live because you can go to the beach one day and the next day go up to the mountains yeah exactly it's really nice so why art well uh I've always made art it's just um something that helps me get through life I think Mm. (laughs) I started in kindergarten as far as I can remember, but my main um, my main entrance, I guess, into art was in first grade. I had to illustrate a little book report, and I don't even remember what the book was, but the illustration was of an elephant wearing a yellow t-shirt, and I drew it, and I was like, that's really good, and my teachers all were like, that's really good, and everybody praised me for it and so I kind of kept drawing after that. I would draw cartoons and stuff and um, then in high school art started to be sort of a an outlet and a therapy for me to process life and everything that I was going through and um, it still functions that way today. I just can't imagine not creating. Mm-hmm. That's so cool that it's a necessity for you. It does feel like a necessity, yeah, which is interesting because sometimes, you know, sometimes you get into a funk anyway. It's really natural Mm -hmm. to have ebbs and flows with your creativity, and so because it feels so necessary and because it's really helped me through a lot, and those times when when there is a funk and I feel like I want to create but I can't, or I even sometimes feel like I don't want to create anything, which is really rare, but... Then I'm like, what do I do with myself? Because <laughs> uh, art's always been the thing that I turn to. So every now and again, when I have a funk, I I don't know what to do with it. I've been trying to figure out figure that out for a little while. Yeah, that that can be a difficult thing because everyone is so different, and there's like someone something will work for one person, the next person it doesn't work. Absolutely, yeah. So it's interesting because you can kind of, um, I guess, find solace in the idea that this is normal and it happens to every artist, but mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, it's every, everyone's different and different techniques work for different people as far as getting into it or getting through the funk. And so you yeah. can read so much to have like com- camaraderie, I guess, <laughs> with mm-hmm. other artists, but your journey and <clears throat> how you deal with things has to be your own. Yeah. How have you found ways to get out of art block? Well, sometimes I have to just leave it all alone for a little while and um, I guess go out and do something different, just get out into nature or maybe even pick up something completely random and different from what I've been doing to get some perspective, I think, on what I have been doing and then to come back to it. So sometimes it's just a, a complete actual break from it for however long is needed. But sometimes it's just a matter of somehow getting myself to take the first baby step towards whatever it is I'm working on, Mm -hmm. Um, saying, okay, today 
I'm having a hard time getting going, but just start, just put a pencil to paper. And that's, that's like the only requirement you have for today, but it usually leads to much more than that. So sometimes it's about taking a, a, a total break from it. And then sometimes it's about just kind of pushing yourself to take the first little baby step so that you can get into it. For sure. Yeah. Sometimes you have to completely force yourself to do it, even though you don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Drawing a tantrum with yourself. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm always fighting with myself in my mind. <laughs> I don't want to do it, but you need to. <laughs> it's good for you. Just do it. <laughs> You'll thank yourself later. <laughs> exactly. So you're self-taught, right? Yes. That's so cool. What are some of the benefits of being a self-taught artist? Well, I think not getting caught up in the rules, maybe. I mean, since I didn't go to art school, I'm not exactly sure, you know, how I'd feel if I wasn't a self-taught artist. But I imagine that not having any particularly established rules kind of helps because then maybe you don't overthink things so much or it's not as hard to break out of a box because you're not in one or you haven't been put in one. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know that art school does that, but I've, I've heard it from enough people that I guess that's kind of my, <laughs> my unfortunate view on it. Um, and being self-taught is awesome because you can chase whatever you're feeling at the time. You can do anything. There's no limits. There's no outside assignments. And I've been definitely good enough at giving myself my own assignments. I, don't, I haven't really needed someone to tell me what to do, I guess. Yeah. Like if you see a weakness in an area, you'll go pursue that area. Yeah. I just, I love the freedom of it. That's so cool. So when you're working, what's your environment like around you? Are you listening to music or is there a candle lit? Are you watching TV? It varies so wildly depending on the day and also what I'm working on. Um, sometimes I would be maybe sculpting and I would just be sitting there for a couple hours sculpting and not even realizing that I'm in complete silence and then I realize <laughs> that I am and that music exists and this could be a lot more fun if I <laughs> turn on some music or had a fun environment but a lot of times I just get so into my head when I'm working that I don't I don't even really notice and then um, other times I'll turn on music and I'll kind of be dancing around and get, get like really physical and that's more when I'm painting I guess mm. so my whole body's kind of into it and um wake myself up but yeah it varies a whole lot I don't even have I mean I have a studio uh, and a desk and some sort of designated work areas but my stuff still ends up all over the place and part of me wants a studio where there's a particular space for everything there's a particular space for all of my different types of supplies and um but part of me feels like that's not how I've ever worked in the past so maybe that's just a romantic idea I have that doesn't would never really suit my reality. Yeah. Because <laughs> sometimes I like to just sit on the couch and watch TV and work on sketches, or, you know, sometimes I like to spread out all over the whole floor and just have all my, my, my materials everywhere and be able to reach for things. And, um, yeah, there's not a huge amount of rhyme or reason. For sure. Yeah, and sometimes it takes the, the magic away to have rules. Because I personally yeah, love yeah. rules. And when I, when I put too many rules on myself, I suddenly stop creating and start like living within boundaries. And yeah, I really appreciate not having the boundaries. 
Yeah, boundaries can be super helpful sometimes, but they can be limiting too. I guess it's all about balancing the two. You can really start to overthink when you start impressing a bunch of rules on yourself. And if you have rules too, sometimes you'll get stuck because you're trying to work within these rules. But if you didn't have the rules, you could push through and do something, you know, maybe completely different that would help you get through the piece or whatever you're working on. Totally. And it's like, what are my strengths and weaknesses? Is my strength to follow rules or is, is my weakness to follow rules too much? Or is my, my weakness to just do whatever I want and that I need to set myself some rules? Absolutely. Yeah. I think some people work incredibly well with rules and boundaries and structure. And some people work incredibly well having complete and utter freedom. Yeah. You work with a lot of different mediums. I've been looking at all your social medias. You have two different Instagrams, right? Right. And do you have a favorite medium that you work with? Uh, not exactly, which I think is why I still work in so many. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because I haven't been able to find a favorite. But I, I have top favorites now. Um, I like acrylic paint. I like mixed media because of the freedom, I guess. Again, I could just use whatever. And then uh, with sculpting, I really really like polymer clay because it, I guess this is uh, a constant throughout all my mediums that I prefer is that it's easy to work quickly with them. Acrylic dries really quickly. Um, Polymer clay, I feel like I could shape it very quickly and then I could just pop it in the toaster for, for curing. It's not... A whole ordeal oh that's cool that's cool so yeah you don't even need a kiln for your your stuff I don't I've been playing around with the idea of moving to ceramic okay for a few years but I haven't made the move yet and I'm still kind of tossing it around and so I've done some ceramics classes and I've researched kilns and everything that I would need to do the switch I'm just not sure if it suits me or not I like the end product a lot um, but it's, it's a totally, it feels totally different to work in polymer clay versus ceramic clay. For sure. It's a big jump to go from anything else to ceramics because ceramics is like its own world. It is. I can definitely see how people get completely enamored. I could see myself losing a lot of time just feeling the clay and, um, it's really tactile, mm-hmm. um, nice and satisfying in that sense and it's so it's so cold it feels i love touching clay right when it comes out of the bag yeah <laughs> yeah totally so what what is your business called is it called l'animal yeah i pronounce it l'animale l'animale that's so cute <laughs> thank you how did you start it well i I'm kind of a collector at heart. I've always collected things, and and um, animal miniatures being one of those things. So I had an affinity for small cuteness already, um, but I felt like there was something kind of missing. My style tends to be straightforward with some sort of little twist to it. Um, so my animals are fairly realistic, but they don't have eyes, which is um, Something that a lot of folks actually maybe don't seem to notice. Sometimes I'll mention it and people will say, oh, I didn't even notice they didn't. They don't have eyes. 
But for me, it was just a cool twist. I like finding stuff like that that is mostly what you would expect it to be, but slightly not. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, I didn't even notice they didn't have eyes until you said that. And I looked over at my other screen with all the <laughs> art up and I went, they don't have eyes. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I love it. So I wanted to, I guess, contribute to the animal miniatures that were out there with um, a different aesthetic style. And then also, I've always found meaning in my little animals in my collection, regardless of whether or not that was the intention for them. So I felt like kind of putting the meaning in the energy out there of the animal for mm. people to help people pick maybe which animal they want or to give them even the idea to keep it around as a little totem of comfort and inspiration. Uh, that part inspired me too when I was getting started. That's so cute. I love them. Thank you. <laughs> all adorable. So you have the, the fat fats and the standard totems. Is that what they are? Yes. Those are so cute. What's the difference between the two of them? Fat fats are generally just, uh, they maintain their round shape, and uh, they're consistently about an inch in size. And then the standard totems have a little bit more detail, um, so they might be in a different pose and have all of their legs and limbs and tails and things, whereas the fat fat sometimes is a very simplified version of the animal. So the standard ones... Uh, I could put a little bit more detail into, and that's the primary difference between them. That's really cute. So, so the the standards are a little bit more realistic. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, a little bit more realistic because okay. the the fat fats have being round, like can't really, um, you know, pull their legs out to have them stand or anything. They're just mm -hmm. like a little ball that looks like an animal. <laughs> so and then my standard totems have. Um, yeah, more realistic shape to them. What what paint do you paint your fat fats with? Acrylic paint. I use oh. Matisse uh, most of the time because that's what I started with and I got used to it and um, it works really well for me. So I prime them and I use acrylic paint on them. That's so cool. That's yeah, so I can use acrylic for my paintings and for my animals. That's so cool that you're able to just work with the paint that you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've tried some other things. I've done tons of experimenting and research throughout the five plus years I've been doing Lanamale, and so I've tried um, using whatever I can find, enamels and that kind of thing, on my pewter pieces, but I always come back to acrylic. I like that it doesn't smell, it, it doesn't seem so toxic, it's quick to work with again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I can get the realistic painting look that I want with acrylic. Oh, that's nice. That's a good benefit. Mm-hmm. What, do you have a favorite totem? Hmm. That I've made or a personal totem? Um, that you've made. Hmm. So hard to pick a favorite, <laughs> but um, I, really like, I really like my new pewter dragon totem. And then also from my Muses line, I was doing several totems that were duos. So there would be like a, I think I did one with a, like a taper with a sloth on its back or like a dinosaur with a sloth like hugging its neck. Um, so those combination ones, I really, I really like to do and I like how they came out. They're all so cute. Yeah, I really like your little dragon pewter guy. 
<laughs> Thank you. How how do you work with pewter? How do you get started with that? Um, I always liked it as a material when I would come across things made of pewter, especially miniatures. I really like the weight of it, of any I guess, solid metal, I guess. But I like the gray color of pewter, and so I um, I started experimenting with mold making and casting and all that jazz myself, and realized I do not like this process whatsoever. <laughs> it's very um, I don't know. It's very step by step and scientific. It's too, I guess it, it's too, um, it's not a free enough um, process for me. So I was kind of discouraged at first because I wanted to cast them myself and I ended up finding someone who already works in pewter and casting and so I've been working with him since I think 2012. Um, so what I do is sculpt the original and I send it to him and he casts it for me and we go back and forth several times. It usually takes months to create the original or the, the final piece. And then, uh, then he casts the raw pieces for me and sends them to me and I clean them up and polish them here in my studio. That's so cool. Yeah. It's taken a bit of back and forth to find uh, someone to work with in the beginning and then also even just to figure out how to polish them the right way. I mean, there's so many little things to figure out with every new medium, but um, I, I love them so much and I'm hoping to expand the pewter line more in the next couple of years. Yeah, I, I really appreciate your, your pewter stuff. Thank you. I, I like the weight of them so much. I, the dragon and my wolf are a little bit smaller than my other pewter totems, so I kind of have two lines developing there as well. And the smaller ones I want to keep into a little bit more of a round shape as well because they're easier to carry around with you, I think, when they're sort of a contained shape with nothing poking out of it. Mm -hmm. um, and so those, uh, those, I think, could be helpful when maybe if you're feeling anxious and, you know, you have this little weighted thing in your pocket that you can kind of play around with, like some people do a change. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also consider the textures that I'm putting on them so that there's a, a kind of a difference to the touch that you could focus on instead of, you know, feeling anxious or fidgety. <laughs> yeah, that's a really cool thing to do because I've, I have a friend that has anxiety and she has a little ring that she spins when she's feeling yeah. anxious. Uh, I think things like that is a very good necessity. It can be really helpful. I've spoken to a couple of customers who use uh, their necklace pendants that way and they'll, they'll mm -hmm. wear their favorite necklace, um, like the Velveteen Rabbit, for instance. It has, you know, different shapes on it and it's, it's just fun to rub. <laughs> yeah. So um, she finds herself kind of turning to that whenever she's getting overwhelmed and it's kind of like a little grounding item for her yeah it's a little comfort charm that's exactly cute. I really really like that and I also carry them around myself and uh I know some other folks do as little kind of adventure buddies oh yeah yeah <laughs> because I love to go out by myself I love to go explore the woods by myself or go travel to a place um by myself sometimes and it's kind of neat to have something <laughs> as a companion for, for the most part I like to do it on my own but 
I don't know. It's fun to take pictures of them, like, oh, here's a dragon at the beach, or having some awesome French fries at a restaurant. (laughs) I love the photo you posted the other day of them at the museum. Yeah. (laughs) Was it the little fox and the dragon at the museum? Yeah. (laughs) That's so cute. (laughs) Yeah, I like to give them little personalities. Now, your personal art is so different from your your animals. Um, Is the inspiration a lot different, too? Yeah, it is. My personal work, um, it it really just comes from within. I mean, I, I feel like I have so much to say, and I have so much emotion and so much passion, and I am not necessarily so great with words and Mm -hmm. it can be hard for me to get anything out or feel like I'm getting any of it out because there's just so much. So my personal art a lot of times serves that purpose, makes me feel like I've gotten some of the energy out. And then sometimes, you know, I struggle with uh, depression, anxiety myself Mm -hmm. and it comes and goes, but um, having some sort of project that I have to focus on helps a lot when I just don't otherwise know what to do with my emotions. I can just grab a canvas or a piece of paper and a bunch of materials and kind of just paint or scribble out what I'm feeling. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I like that it's a, it's, a, it's a way for you to say things without saying them. Yeah, it, it's interesting too. My my personal work, I think what stuck with me the longest because I've kind of come and gone from different themes and things, but the one that's been most constant is using my artwork to tap into the subconscious and then learning about myself and where I am from what emerges from that before it goes through the filter of my conscious thought. And I'm still exploring this a whole lot, so I probably don't know how to speak about it very well, but I just find it very interesting what's what's going on in our subconscious and how it affects what's happening at a conscious level, and then finding a way to get into that can help us, I think, learn and grow. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. That It shows a lot in your art, too, is that it's not... Like when you look at your art, it's not necessarily a clear form. Like I was looking at some of your, was it self-portraits from like 2013 or 14? And they, mm-hmm. were, they were almost like scribbles. But you could yeah. tell what they were and it was really powerful. I think that's so cool. Thank you. Yeah, I'm still working on the scribbles. Um, mostly because it's been hard for me to move beyond that lately. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes I just feel like it's so hard to get moving that I can just you know, make some scribbles on a page and then extract a lot out of it by, you know, just continuing to add to it in in an organic way. So I'm still having fun with those. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's so cool. I think it's childlike in the best way possible because that was what we would all do as kids is scribble and then color in our little blobs. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And I think um, silliness and uh, childlike approach to things is something I've been trying to get back in touch with. So, um, that, that totally makes sense 
Um, the same with the bananas and stuff that I had been painting. I just missed being silly and off the cuff and and childlike and having themes that don't make sense and yeah. That's so right. yeah. Is there a medium that you want to try that you haven't tried yet? Um. There are so many, but after I did my, I did a daily project in 2015 and that served to kind of narrow down which mediums I was using mm -hmm. um, because I just learned and got real with myself about what I enjoyed working with and what I didn't. <laughs> it was kind of like a, just because you can do something doesn't mean you want to or should. So since then I've been a little bit more focused in the mediums that I currently work in and haven't been branching out as much. The one thing that comes to mind is that I'd love to do some work in bronze eventually. Mm. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to manifest, but yeah, bronze is really interesting to me. That's so cool. Would you do that in the same way that you do your pewter totems? I'm not sure. I definitely have thought about it, but then I sometimes I kind of think it'd be cool to do some surreal sculptures, mm -hmm. um, maybe involving animals plus uh, female form. Some of my surreal sketches um, involve a lot of my different interests, and I think it'd be cool to apply that into a sculptural medium and eventually bronze. That's so interesting. That's so cool. Yeah, that'll probably be further on down the road sometime, but it's kind of it's kind of in the back of my mind right now. Yeah. What are some ways that you'd like to grow as an artist? Well, this year I'm kind of focusing on technique because I didn't go to art school. I think I have this crazy surge of ideas and creative energy, but I don't necessarily have the, te the technique all the time to back up where I'm coming from or to reach where I'd like to reach with my paintings. So um, right now, that's what I'm focusing on. I've been reading, I'm doing some kind of self-work, um, reading books and just practicing so that I can get better at, figure, at the figure and get better at um, working with color, um, applying light and all that stuff. That's really awesome. That's so cool. I Thanks. appreciate that you're willing to go out and work more on it, even though you've been doing it for, for years and years. Yeah, it's mm, it's crazy because I have been doing art my entire life, mm -hmm. but I feel like I'm only just now starting somehow. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I've always considered myself an artist, but I just, this past couple of years have been this weird transition for me, and I I feel like I'm not quite done with the transition, so I'm not mm -hmm. exactly hitting the ground running yet, but I think it's just been this this huge shift and um, like a, a giant second wave of being an artist and where that's going to take me. Yeah, I really feel like art is one of those things that the more you know, the less you know. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> right when Absolutely. I think I have a grasp on, grasp on something... I just lose it completely. Oh, I, I totally know how you feel, and it can be so discouraging sometimes. Mm -hmm. And you have to really develop patience, or at least I've had to, because it can be hard to feel like you don't want to quit or something. Like, I don't know. To me, it, it got so big a couple of times. I'm just like, wow, I 
did I ever know anything? Like, yeah. <laughs> am I good at any of this? <laughs> so there, um, yeah, it can cause some severe questioning about what's happening. But if, for me, I just had to sit through it until that passed and then I could get back onto it. For sure. Laura, thank you so much for doing this with me. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Laura has two Instagrams. She has Laana Male, which you can find, and it has that's where you find her cute animal totems. And you can find her personal art at laura.johnston.art. And Johnston is J-O-H-N-S-T-O-N. You can follow me again at Alexandra Draws and be sure to get in touch with me about Art Block and what you've discovered about it, what you've discovered about yourself. So I'll talk to you guys next week and be sure to post your art under the hashtag Ladies of Instart. I really enjoyed seeing some new faces on there this week. So join in. Have a great week, guys. Bye.